Welcome to Canva Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you thrive on camera and in life by tapping into your superpowers and making an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word results, which simply put means something attained or the consequence, effect, or conclusion of something as a result of your effort. Here to discuss is America's only chief results officer, Blaine Elkers, who is a leading authority in personal implementation and consistency, as well as a TEDx speaker and top LinkedIn connector, among many wonderful things. So I hope you're leaning in because this episode just might unlock what's between you and your goals. So welcome, Blaine. Barbara, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. And we were just talking about New York City, which I'm excited to visit soon. And uh, happy to be here and, and thankful for you for putting these shows together. It's not always easy. Lots of work going to these shows. And my guess is that I've listened to some of your shows that that your stuff is so good that you're going to touch lives not yet born. There's somebody that's not even born now. So like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, they're going to hear some episode. It's going to make that little difference. And you're going to have what I call the results ripple long into the future. Okay. I, I love your counter intro. So thank you so much. And that <laughs> my life's legacy is my podcast. So thank you very much. So now I want to touch upon your mantra jumped out at me, stress less, do more. Okay. As a working mom, I was like, I'm all in. So I want to talk about this. And also, how did you figure this out? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So, so I had a few... Um... I had a few moments of dawning comprehension where like, you know, you're seeking for knowledge and then all of a sudden it's like, bing, you know, light bulb goes off and, and kind of your world is never the same. And so the two things that probably got me to where I am today was in college, I was a little bit of a seeker, like many, probably many of the listeners. And I saw this little ad for an audio, um, abridged audio version of this book called Think and Grow Rich, which is a famous book. We could talk about that book. Um, but, but anyway, it was read by Earl Nightingale, another famous guy. So I sent away for this audio tape. I still have that tape today. Some people are like, oh, audio tape, what's that? But anyway, I still have an audio tape and I still have an audio tape player, I might add. But anyway, Wait, are I we talking the, cassette or an yeah, cassettes? Yeah, cassette tapes. Fabulous. Okay, keep uh, going. So, Sorry. Do you still have some cassette tapes? Are you? Oh like, heck you? yeah! I have VHS. I, honey, I have a gramophone. We have seventy eights at my house. Ah, nice. I have thirty threes, forty fives, DVDs, VHSs, Blu rays. If there's media, I got it. All right. Well, and I have, I, we still have a record player and we still got some, some vinyl. And so, so anyway, so I get this tape and it makes a difference. And I realize, and I read the book and I realized that I, I, later I call this white table, what you think about, you bring about, but you can take your thoughts, direct them in a certain way and your brain can work for you, not against you. And so that gave me some good results and some success. And I was applying that information. So that was dawning comprehension moment, number one, but then Dawning comprehension moment number two came when I was working a corporate job, my degrees in computer science from Purdue University, and I came home from a business trip, and I get home, and my son, Bo, is kind of acting weird. He's one year old, and he's like giving me the cold shoulder, and I'm like, hey, Beth, what's wrong with Bo? And then she said something that changed my life forever. She said, you know, honey, you were gone so long, he kind of forgot who you were. 
And I was just like, what? Like emotionally, I felt very empty, uh, you know, and I had memories. I, I flashbacks to my own childhood. Both my parents worked. So when I came home, no one was there a lot of times. My brother was typically not there. So, so anyway, I had all this. And that night I made this clarifying decision. I said, I don't care what it takes, how hard it is. I'm going to be a work from home dad. Oh, wow. uh, and, and actually, another part of the story was that actually my dad passed away on the day my son was born. So so I kind of like was that gave me some other fuel too to like in honor of my dad become this work from home dad. So so it took a year. But a year later, uh, I remember it Halloween, October 1995, you know, was the last day that I had a job. I started a couple of businesses. Our marriage, it was a very difficult year for our marriage that year, but we made it through. Um, and, and I was making enough money, more than I was under my regular job. That was the deal my wife made. She said, look, if you can make more from what we'd call today a side hustle, um, <laughs> we didn't call it that back then, but if you could make that much, then yes, you can quit. And we, we saved a, a bunch of months of living expenses, put that in the bank and, and all that. But then I broke free and uh, and now, and I've never gone back. So for now, 27 years, I've been this, the kids are now gone. We have the empty nest, but I've been this work from home dad. And that's what gave me the time uh, and the ability and the bandwidth to go deep on what I call personal implementation, helping people get results. And there's nothing new to learn. You know how to do it already. I run a company called Self-Fluence, which is the power you already have to influence yourself. You don't need any new courses or any stuff. It's all right there. You just need to focus it a little bit. So we, we can kind of get into some of those frameworks, but that's how I kind of ended up as a, as a chief results officer. And then people started calling me that. And then I went to the U.S. Patent Office and it turned out there nobody had trademarked that. Um, so I trademarked it. I got the R with the circle, which gives you a little more power. So I can say I'm the only chief results officer in America. And, uh, and if you want to be one, you have to come to me to get the licensing rights. Oh, I love it. Okay, I want to do a really quick recap. For anyone listening who's not familiar, one, you read the book, um, Think and Grow Rich is by Napoleon Hill. Yes. And um, the Napoleon Hill family tree is pretty significant, meaning just about any of the great books that we love, we can trace back somewhere along the line, everyone read Think and Grow Rich. Right. Mel motivation and, yeah. and uh, goal well, setting and goal yeah. achievement. Yeah. Tony Robbins clearly read Think and Grow Rich when he was 18 years old. So I'm just curious, what did you take away from Think and Grow Rich? Because I know there's a part of the story that shows up later and we'll circle back to that. But what was in, or I guess you're the audio version of this. What, what did you take away from that that you didn't know before? Yeah, what, what I took away was that there's kind of a systematic approach to take the things that you desire and manifest them, bring them about in a physical world, right? And so, and, and just like a, just like if you're if you're going to the gym, you know you can start small. Like, oh, I have this desire. I'm thirsty. Oh, okay. There, I just took care of that desire by having a little drink. Uh, and, and so there, I had a desire. I had a thought. And then I made a reality by taking a drink, right? So then, you know, I realized that and I just started doing with bigger and bigger things, right? So, so you could do something that's like, hey, some new movie comes out. I have this thought. I'd like to see this movie. Now we're designed 
to have our to to bring about our desires, right? So they say, okay, where's the movie playing? Who could I go with? You know, when could I go to this movie? And then you make it happen. So it's the same thing with with bigger and bigger goals, right? Mm. And, and so you know, similar goals help me to meet my wife. We've been married thirty years now. Uh, goals got me into my first job, um, you know. And later, yeah, there's a second part of the story after I had some success. I ended up buying one of the original 5,000. Now they say there's 80 million copies of the book out there. It's a very famous book. Um, but I bought one of the original 5,000 copies. And when I opened it up, it was different. And so that led me down a whole nother course where I wrote a guidebook and uh, about Think and Grow Rich because there were some lost instructional pages. He had changed the book a little bit, maybe tried to make it more politically correct and, and things like that. Um, but, but I still think there's a lot of value in reading that original version. Which, yeah, just to make it clear, so you sort of added to that and have a your own. Yes. So here, here's the book. For those who are on the video, bonus, this is the actual book I read in college. And a lot of people read this similar paperback version, uh, you know, and then uh, this is one of the originals, right? And just for, for you guys, just so you know, if you open your book and the very first page says, what do you want most? Big and bold, all capital letters at the top. Then you have the missing uh, or what I call the lost instructional pages. And so if you do, you're in good shape with that book. Why does it matter to identify what you want most? Yeah, so it's interesting that Napoleon Hill basically says on the very first page, don't read this book unless you know exactly what you want because otherwise you're kind of wasting your time, right? Uh, and, and so what what's important is that the number one thing, I often just do very simple stuff. Like, let's say you're going from point A to point B, right? So everyone has seen like draw A, then you draw a line, and then you draw point B, right? And so point B is where you want to be, like where you want to go. Uh, what's your destination, right? Point A is where you're at now. And then the line is the journey, right? Uh, your, your path from point A to point B. Um, and, and so often when I'm doing workshops, I'll say like, what's the most important, like the destination, the journey, or your starting point? And it's interesting, like 10%, 10, 15% say the starting point where you are now, because you can't go anyplace if you don't know where you are. And then about, about half the room, 40 to 50% will say the journey is the most important. Like, you know, and you always hear this, enjoy the journey. It's important to enjoy the journey, by the way. But the most important is actually the point B, where you want to go. You see, if you don't, if you could only have one of the three, if I only know where I, well, let's say I just know where I am, but I don't know where I want to go and I don't know how I'm going to get there. You're stuck. You're, you're just like circling. You're just chasing your tail because you don't even know where you want to go, right? If you only have the journey, now sometimes the journey people are happy, but they don't know where they are right now and they don't know where they're going, but they're enjoying the ride. So that, that could be good. There could be some merit to that. And there's some importance to all three, but if you know where you want to go, your point B, then you can immediately, doesn't matter where you are, you can face you can change your direction instantly. That's what's kind of nice. That's what kind of gets you motivated. But you, you can change your direction immediately and you can begin to move towards that. You might not know how, you might not know where you are, but you can start moving towards it. And, and we're wired, we are wired chemically, neurologically, you know, to achieve things, right? To, to move forward, to make progress on whatever our goals are. So it's very personal. Like I say, success is very personal. It's like, what do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to go? You know, and some people, it could be something, uh, you know, simple. Like I really love to teach. I just want to be a teacher. Well, if you're doing that, then you're a success. But you need to figure out, you know, where where you want to go as a starting point, because that's kind of what your your, your life is all about. How does stress less fit into this? 
Yeah. So, so for you to perform at your highest level, right? This we'll get it like personal implementation. This is like about you getting stuff done. Um, so you you need to most people overstress, right? So then the cortisol levels go up, the bad brain chemicals hit you, you know, and and you're less effective than you could be. Um, now now you you don't if you have like totally no stress, there's a little bit of a curve here. If you have no stress whatsoever, then you have no motivation, you have no ambition, that could be trouble too. So you might need to amp yourself up uh, if that. But most people, that's like maybe five percent of the people. Ninety five percent of the people are overwhelmed, overstressed. And, and it's it's hurting their performance. Um, and, and also they're not enjoying life. And life is pretty short. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, life is pretty short. And so the, the concept here is what are ways that you could stress less, get more of the right stuff done, feel better about yourself, and be moving forward, comparing yourself to you, not to the outside world. Someone's always going to be richer than you. Someone's always going to be poorer than you. But but comparing yourself to you, are you better than yesterday? Are you better than a year ago? And you're making progress um, in, in uh, as minimal stress environment as possible, although we, we need some stress, uh, That that's going to give you the ideal results. So you're looking to bring down your stress levels um, and, and increase your kind of personal productivity. I don't know if you've ever considered this, but I just want to tell you how much those two points are huge in my media coaching space, because one, you know, when people come to prepare for anything, certainly in a keynote, it's a great example, but anything, most people focus on where they're starting. I know exactly what I'm going to say when the, and never consider on a functional level, like what their close is. You just sort of like run out of steam and peter out. But on top of it, from an impact level, you have to determine where you want to end up whether that's a call to action to get people to do something, what's, what's the result, what's the, and then what the, the, the action you want people to take, because to your point, if you don't tell your brain where we're going, you can't get there. And you actually have to know what it looks like and feels like. So you'll know when you got there. A hundred percent. I often tell people like, let's say you go to the airport and you go down the jetway, you're going to get on the airplane and you look over in the cockpit and there's no pilot. So you sit down and the flight attendant comes on and says, Oh, we don't have a pilot today. There's no pilot. I mean, how long are you going to stay on this plane with no pilot, right? And then the flight attendant says, you know what? I might try to fly it. Oh, now I'm getting I'm getting the heck off of that thing very fast, right? But that's what people do when they set out some journey without that point B. Now, I, I often talk about NDP, next day planning. But if you wake up in the morning and you don't have a plan, you have boarded the pilotless flight. And I'm like, I'm saying, do not board that flight. But so many people board that flight. And that critical 30 minutes when you first wake up, if you have a plan for those, your day goes better 100% of the time. What's your first 30 minutes? Well, I mean, that's, that's, I just want you to have that plan. No, so but you I want to know yours. To, yeah. Okay. So you don't have to think about it. Right. So for me, I use some different frameworks and techniques to make sure that my day goes the way I want it to go. One, one thing that, um, that I like is, is habits, like creating good habits. And so to get better results and stress less, like what if you could create habits automatically, right? Or very quickly. So I, I talk about this framework called the 21 second habit. So that's how to create a new habit in 21 seconds, not 21 days. So if they told you it takes 21 days to create a new habit, somebody lied to you. Sorry about that. Not, not, uh, it's not your fault, but now, so, so I say that a little tongue in cheek there, but everybody, 
like I was talking about self-fluence a minute ago. This is this training company, right? The power you already have to influence yourself. You are already a habit master. And so this idea of creating new habits in 21 seconds, I have a little acronym called LUL, which uh, in the text world stands for love you lots. So you can remember that love you lots, but it stands for linking, urge surfing and leverage. And so the way you create a new habit, I'll give you an example. The, the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is how my day starts, right? My first 30 minutes. Part of that was I said, look, there's two, there's these two things I want to do every single day, a new habit. I want to do this little Bible app and then I want to take a mind shower. Like I want to, everyone takes a physical shower, you wash your body, but what about washing my mind out? Like I want a 10 minute mind shower in the morning. I, I use an app called Headspace. There's a bunch you could use, but, but anyway, I wanted to take this mind shower every single day. But I had to figure out a way to do it to start this habit. And to give you the end of the story, today was day 625 in a row that I've done those things. Now, these are in apps that are tracked, right? So I can like show the show you the little app counter that that tracks that, which is which I love, by the way. But but the way I did that is the first key, the L, is linking. So what I did is I said, what's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning? First thing I do, maybe like most people, yes, it's the smartphone, right? It's the first thing I do. My son lives in Denmark. Uh, you know, my daughter lives locally here where I am in Phoenix. But I like a lot of times my son texts me in the middle of the night. Like, I want to know what he said. Like, I want to know what's going on. What orders have come in? Who, you know, who's emailed me? Like all this stuff. I have this high urge. Now, this is the, the you part is urge surfing. So what I do is I surf the urge to want to do those things to make me quickly do that new habit. But I linked it to the phone. So when I opened my phone, I moved all the apps off the front page. And it's just those two apps. And so I have to, there's no willpower required for me to pick up my phone in the morning. It happens like automatic. Um, but but then I surf that urge. I, I say to myself, okay, I can't touch any other apps, even that one where I know it's my son texting me until I do that habit, right? So I'm surfing that urge for that. And then the last part is leverage. And the way you create quick habits is that you have some leverage, whether that's a reward or a penalty. It might be like, hey, if I hit you know 30 days in a row with this new habit, I'm going to buy this Apple Watch or something, right? You know, give yourself some rewards or pain also works. So you could have an accountability buddy says, hey, if I drop off this habit, I've got to give you a thousand dollars. I mean, you're, you're probably going to stay with it, you know, a little bit more likely there. Uh, and then also there's leverage after you get like three or four days in a row, there's this tremendous leverage to don't break the chain. Like you want to keep the streak alive, right? Like I would be like devastated, you know, if I lose my 1600 day streak, eh, it could happen, but, but um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So for me in the morning, that's how I start. I got a little Bible app and then I do this uh, mind shower. And then I like a, uh, I like a list of things. So I have a little note in my, um, in my phone about what are the things I can do. So sometimes I'll, I'll read, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. Sometimes I'll ride my Peloton bike, uh, which, does happen every day. Uh, I have a piece of fruit. I have a little thinking time, um, you know, and then I have a little morning momentum. Like I try to do one little, one little thing that's like five minutes, but it makes me feel really good. Like cleaning out a, a junk drawer or maybe making that phone call I've been putting off or texting somebody that I should have texted back, you know, something that I've been kind of putting off, but, but it's fast. Give me a quick win. So that that's my morning. What about you? How are you, how are you starting your morning? I feel like we were separated at birth. So, so similar. My, yeah. So I wake up and it, I go, I go to the phone. Anybody who says don't, I was like, I don't know what century they're living in. Um, <laughs> but then I, do, but I do. And then I take um, time to stretch. And while I'm stretching, I go through sort of my goals and my mantras and the, the, using that to center me. 
Then I start brewing coffee and stretch some more. And then I study French. And um, today was day 1,212. Come on now. Let's, let's go. Let's give her a hand, folks, out thank there. You, the thank you. Thank land. you. And to your point, I'm really, I'm obviously dedicated to it. It's so funny. I bought insurance for what's called a, a streak freeze for, you know, if something happens, let's say you don't have access to the internet, something happens and you literally right. can't do it. I bought right. some insurance so that it wouldn't, because it was like, you're clearly dedicated. Um, I do my own version of morning pages. That's something from the artist's way, which is just the, the I think it's your, it's a, my version of a morning shower. I think it's just, it's like the ideas that are percolating and, and circulating. I just get them out for myself. Nice. Right. And some of them are like, wow, that's an idea. I might put that in the you know idea folder. Others is just like, okay, that was good and cluttering. And then I always remind myself, what's the most important thing I have to do today? And sometimes that's a task, something that's business related. Sometimes it's family related. Sometimes the most important thing I have to do today is meditate because maybe I understand that's like, I've been through, I just finished some giant project and I need to recalibrate or I need to practice self-care. Whatever that thing is, it's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be a, you know, a, an actual task or work related, but I understand what is the number one thing I have to do today. And two, I have to say, uh, it doesn't go back to habit, but I didn't want to forget to mention that you have in your ebook, which will bring up the free down. You have so many great resources, Blaine, but the thing about the building, the 21 habits is then I think I, in the leveraging, it's like leveraging what you're already doing. And I say this to people all the time in the media coaching, because tagging onto the anxiety conversation is so much of communication is an anxiety producing activity. And so that's why I was curious about the stress less, because I always try to explain to people all that stress getting in the way of your goals of effectively communicating, you know, getting people to buy your product or, you know, hear your wonderful ideas. And so I love that you, there you are. It's like, you're already brushing your teeth. Right. You're already shaving. You're putting on makeup, whatever, do something then. Right. And, um, right. And so it also tags on to another method that I love is called the Pomodoro method, which is just, you know, yeah. I love it because it, it's, it's free. I mean, and so there are many, many time chunkings, but I love the generosity of like, you don't actually have to buy anything to absorb yeah. the Pomodoro right. method. I'll I put the link to that in the episode notes, but the whole gist of that was learning about leveraging is time chunking is, a, is an aspect of that, right? Yeah. Um, so just started, I started breaking down into Demi Pomodoros because I was doing what you were saying. It's like, well, okay, if I have 12 minutes, I have 10 minutes before this meeting is going to start. What can I get done in 10 minutes? You'd be surprised. Right. Yeah. And how I agree hundred my day that way? It's like, you know what? I'm going to save reading material for when I'm on the subway or doing something where I can't do anything else. And I understand like, where am I? How do I accomplish? So as I was reading all your materials, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so simpatico. And the meanwhile, I'm like learning, 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 which leads me to, I love this because so much is there's a mindset component and there really is a spiritual component to everything that you're talking about. And you said, choose better over bitter. Yeah. So, so that, um, you know, for me, I, I ended up, I did, uh, I, I was doing some speaking, but not, not a lot. And I had a friend submit me and I was able to do a TEDx talk. Right. So, so I, I did this TEDx talk and it was about this concept of white table. What you think about, you bring about. And for me, I had a, a life-changing event that my son passed or my father passed away on the day my son was born. Now I got to talk to him and, uh, you know, and he was so excited, grandkid and, and all that kind of stuff. But then he had a sudden death heart attack that night 
Uh, so he didn't really even know he had heart disease and he just passed away. And so that was like very traumatic. Um, that was like the worst Christmas ever, you know, but, but I ended up realizing that I had this choice to choose better over bitter. I, how could this make me better? And, and how can I live in, you know, in, in making this, uh, you know, count for something rather than just be bitter. Now there was a bitter face. Anybody that's going through anything like this, there's definitely a bitter face. I was bitter at God. I was bitter at everything for, for quite a while. Uh, but when I made that choice, mm -hmm. you, you know, that's what made all the difference was my choice, my, my choosing that. And later I, you know, and the scientific literature now is just you know, busting at the seams with all this mind-body connection and, and really that in the end, the, the, the lens that you look at life through actually determines the reality of that life. And that is, that's, you know, what, what I, I, I really was, I was living it, but I wasn't really understanding it, you know, at that time. And, and so what happens is it's your, the lens, like how you're interpreting what's happening that actually makes physical different things happen. Right. Uh, like for example, so if I told you, I said, Hey, Barbara, I'm really sorry, but today is going to be one of the worst days of your life. So you're like, oh, you're nervous, you're scared, the body, the brain chemicals, you're, you, you know, what's going on. And then you're almost hit by a car. And so you say, Blaine was right. I was almost hit by this car and I'm nervous. What's the next bad thing that's going to happen to me? And your physiology and your brain chemistry and everything's going to be down and shy and scared. And it's, it's going to be a terrible way to live that day. Now, in that same morning, if it was that same morning, and instead I took that lens out and I put a different lens in, I said, Barbara, today's going to be one of the freaking best days of your life. Same exact thing happens. You're almost hit by the car. Now you have a little stress response to the car being there. But once that's over, you're going to be like, I'm here. I'm alive. Blaine was right. This is the best day of my life. I'm here for a reason. You know, this, the, the universe still wants me here, right? And you're going to be excited and pumped and looking for other things you can do with your life and have a whole different brain chemistry. And, and nothing changed except what you thought about the framework of that day, right? So my wife has in our bathroom, we have this sign, today's a good day for a good day. And we try to say that, you know, and, and see that every day because that lens that you're looking through makes a difference. And you can choose better or you can choose bitter. It, it, it's up to you. And whichever one you choose, your brain's going to start backing that up. Um, so, so be real careful, uh, what you choose and, and people can, you can pivot your life from any circumstance. So, I mean, I, I've had a lot of bad things happen, um, but I've been able to turn them around. And, uh, I know I saw somewhere where you, you're the half of the glass is half full, not half empty. Now, sometimes I say the glass is the wrong size because yeah. I like it always full, but, but anyway, I, I think you naturally have some of that. And the people that I meet that are successful typically are, are are looking through the right kind of lens. And, and it typically is the better over bitter lens. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about resilience on this podcast as well, because everyone who's been on the podcast has been knocked down many times, but the difference is they got up every time. Right. Great Rocky quote. He has this inspirational speech for his son. You can look it up on YouTube, but but he tells him it's not how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah. So now to connect the dots again, we talk about it's like part of achieving to be results is the idea of, of, of putting system into place. And I love this notion because I've never even thought about this as a term as personal implementation. It becomes one with habits, two big part of and rituals is another thing I use. So that again, a lot of people I work with do not do the same job every day. So starting to understand how the power of ritual, something you can take with you wherever you are is really important, which by the way, just to throw out there, I learned this so much from working with elite athletes because that's what they do when they're traveling and they're, you know, they 
don't compete at the same time all the time. So you might be in the Olympics and actually competing at four o'clock in the morning to your body clock. And you've got, you got to go win a gold medal. How do you do that? Right. The power of ritual. So right. this, right. So I, I just love all these different components and the choosing better over bitter, just your framing and the, and the, the words you choose. I love. So, but this brings me to a great segue. Cause I love this one too. Information is not transformation. And as someone who teaches and coaches, I, I just want tote bags and I want mugs <laughs> and to, cause this is the heart of it's not one and done just cause you took the class, just cause you read the book. This right. is the first step, but you're not done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have enough information. Mo most people have more information than they can even process. Right. And so information is not transformation. You, you've got to act, you've got to implement. That's why I say personal implementation, but you've got to take action. And it goes beyond the decision, right? You know, there's that famous joke about three birds are sitting on the tree. One decides to fly off. How many birds are still there? The audience says two, but no, it's three because one just decided to. They didn't take any action. They're all three just still sitting there. Um, so you have to act. And, and I would rather see somebody, you know, take some action, you know, even on less information uh, rather than getting stuck into procrastination. So, you know, you got to make decisions. You got to move forward based on facts and feelings, but, but use your gut, train your gut. And if you're wrong, I would rather, you know, there's that saying you can't, you know, you can't steer a parked car. I'd rather you get moving, even if it's in the wrong direction, as much as it's painful to be driving down, you know, uh, building a road South when you're headed North, as painful as that is, it's better than just sitting there, right? So I, my, yeah, I, I'm a big person about, you know, do the thing, get the power, take action, move forward, but you got to act on on whatever it is, even on this podcast. I mean, we, we gave some great stuff about habits, but will you act and set up a new habit tomorrow? And when you begin, like just begin, I, I like to say win early, win often, you know, just win at something very, very small um, because that progress, that's where the transformation occurs, right? So I, you know, I coach people like, Blaine, I'm going to start exercising 30 minutes a day. I'm going to go, I said, okay, all right. So, so do you want to do that? And, 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 okay, let's talk again next week. Right. And maybe they've exercised three out of the seven days. Right. So they feel terrible because they lost. And so then I'll, I'll, I'll say, look, why don't we take it down a little bit? You know, how much could you really do every day? Or, or do you want to win instead of lose? A lot of times they'll say, yes, I want to win instead of lose. I said, look, let's start with one minute of exercise. Just let's just do it. And and, and uh, have it link it to your shower. If you haven't exercised before you take a shower, give me the jumping jacks, the plank, the push-ups. Just do one minute. But then, then the streak happens, right? Then they did, they come back seven days in a row and I did more than one minute. Okay, I know you did. Now let's bump it to five or whatever. But if you can't do the five, don't go against yourself. Don't ruin your own self-confidence. Still do the one minute. Go drop it down to the one minute. Like I was talking about my, you know, 1600 mind showers. Yes, I like a 10 minute mind shower, but man, I can hit that button and do a three minute one or a one minute one if I have to. Uh, but that's typically I don't. Three minutes it would be the smallest one. Anyway, so so that's that's a big thing is that you got to move, you got to act. That's where the transformation, you know, happens in kind of the doing. I like implementation so much that I would prefer, be interesting how you would answer this question. I would prefer to read the same book three to five times than to read three to five different books. So that may make me a little bit weird, um, but but that's, I like to apply the book. I like to, you know, figure out how, uh, you know, now if it's just like a novel, that that's different, but I, I'm typically reading more of the, the self-help books. I agree with you there. That's a big one to choose 10 books and read each of those 10 times and absorb that information. 
than to skim through a hundred books once. Absolutely. Right. Also, think, people, of, think of Grow Rich, I've read 70 times. Wow. But I, I like to read every year. And so sometimes I listen gotcha. to an audio book as well. And I was going to say movement is such a key component of healing. And also what you described is, how do I say this? It, it's, it's a core mandate is start writing. It's always for anyone who wants to write, just sit down, set a timer and start typing. doesn't even matter if their actual words come out. Right. Right. It's because it's just the actual sitting down and letting your mind go, gobbledygook, whatever. And then you'd be surprised. And so that's how I wrote, I wrote my book on television hosting with Pomodoros in 25 minutes a day. I did exactly what you're describing. So I, I can be your own case study. Cause I was like, here I am. I have children at home. I'm running a business. Life is busy. And I used to think about when am I going to have this open window of time to go write a book? Never. And guess what? If I had that open window of time, I'd go to the beach. Right. <laughs> anyway. So I thought, wow, but I could somehow claim an extra half an hour a day. Right. And I did it and it became a habit. And then it, I was surprised. It was by the end of week one, I was actually writing. The first few days, I was like, I'm just going to outline because I don't right. really know what I'm doing. And I was really impressed because now it was what every every expert had already told me. And I'm a big fan of Stephen Pressfield and his book on the war of art. And he speaks a lot about resistance. And so he's just coming from the artistic creative version of what you're saying. You guys are traveling in the same sort of circles. Well, and, and then you train your brain, right? You train your brain to go quickly into those deeper writing states, right? The more you do it, right? The neurons that fire together, wire together. And, you know, you might have some bad wiring to get rid of, but as you lay down that new wiring, right, it becomes easier to drop into the zone, to be able to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're just starting out, a lot of times I start with the less, like I, I, I say, what could you do less of today? right? Like to make room for the better stuff, like what could you get rid of? And a lot of times people get rid of social media and, 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 you know, things where they get lost, they get lost in the internet, they get lost in conversations, but there, most people have that, that 30 minutes, they could do less of something so they can begin to create that space for, you know, kind of the, these new things. But a lot of times I say, yeah, let's, let's start with what can you do less of? You know, and, um, and and sometimes it's being less of being angry and some of these other things that are not serving them. But everybody has stuff that's not really serving them kind of on a daily basis where you're drifting. And, and that's a good place to start to gather a little bit of that time and and, and put it into, a, you know, something positive for you that you're looking for. That's what it well, it's not funny, but I do know that, you know, one of the Silicon Valley versions of that is the idea of having that uniform. Like I'm just going to wear my my jeans and a hoodie. So I don't have to think about it. One less thing to think about. One less thing to do today. Just like, how do we like simplify, simplify, simplify in a certain degree? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, you bring up another thing that that's heavily studied, decision fatigue. Like you can only make so many decisions in a day before fatigue sets in and your ability to make good decisions go down. So this concept of pre-decision, pre-decide, super powerful, right? So, you know, Steve Jobs and for a while Zuckerberg, you know, Steve Jobs always wore, you know, the jeans and the black t-shirt. He didn't have to think about it right? It was, it was pre pre done. So that's one less thing he has to think about. So anytime, yes, you can pre decide 
is super helpful. Some people who are struggling like with exercise, I remember this one guy struggling with exercise and then he says, I'm going to sleep in my exercise clothes. And I said, okay, you sleep in your, and, and I said, but what is the one, what's the thing you do when you first wake up every single day, no willpower required. He says, well, to be honest, Blaine, I go to the restroom. I said, that's great. Take your running shoes, put, put the toilet seat down, put the running shoes on top. So you have to touch, you literally have to touch the running shoes before you can go to the bathroom every morning. And that's that, that was just a little cue that got him over the hump of then he puts the shoes on and wham, then, he, you know, then he's off to the races. You're amazing. What a gift. You have such a wealth of free resources on your website. Can, so can you describe some of them and how we can access them? Uh, yeah, I, I would say the easiest thing is if you like any of this stuff, is go to blainetedx.com. So B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com. And there's a little landing page. You opt in, then you'll have my contact information, my email, and you'll get a copy of the TEDx talk that I did. You'll get a transcript of it, and then you'll get some articles. And you kind of get to know me over a series of emails that, that I'll send out. But in that TEDx talk, I, I talk about this concept of white table. What you think about, you bring about. What does white but table mean? Yeah. So white table is just a word I made up and it's oh. an acronym for what you think about, you bring about. Um, and, and so it's basically kind of like the power or the law of attraction with action, right? So what you think about, which is key, so you got to control your thoughts, you bring about, like you have to act on it. You bring it about. You're you're doing the transformation here, right? It's not just knowledge. It's not just thoughts. It's the actionized thoughts. And so I, I teach that and with some concepts related to gardening and a bunch of things. But then at the end, I give you one, I would say, simple yet elegant technique to remind your brain a hundred times a day what your goal is, or I call it your bring about statement, whatever you're trying to bring about more in your life. Could just be, hey, I wanna be more kind or more, more loving, right? Or it could be, I have this business goal, or I have this goal to be in the media, or I have a goal to get on this show, or I have a goal to get on Barbara's podcast. Whatever your goal is, I'll show you a little bit of a mind hack there, but it's simple yet elegant, um, and it'll kind of turbocharge your results. And it, and it kind of works more on the subconscious level, well, conscious and subconscious level, but long-term more on the subconscious than the conscious mind. Fantastic. And also your 21 second habit, 21 days not required, required is also downloadable from your website. Yeah, that's at selffluence.com. I have I have that available uh, for download as well. And yeah, and I do a bunch of results things. I, I put out articles every month. I run this thing called Super Results Days, where we get on Zoom uh, every three hours and, and really make sure people are not only getting their to-do list done, turning it into a to-done list, but then also learning some new skill for the day. So so that's that's probably the thing I like the most is to run those days, you know, live with people on Zoom. What do you like about them? Uh, well, I like that there's an interaction and and there I get to see the transformation like in real time, uh, you know, and you know, you know, when you have that list of like all this stuff that you have to do and you have this one day where you just like cranked it all, like you got all the little things done and the big things, you got the, you ate the frogs, you got the big stuff done, but then you just like knocked out 20, 30 things. So, so people on these days will knock out 20, 30, 40 things on their to-do list. It's energizing. They're, they're not even tired at the end of the day. So I, I really, I like to see that, that transformation and, um, and then kind of be able to share, share something on it. They all have a theme. So, so based on whatever the theme is, I, I get to share on that, but I like to see the, the transformation, you know, and, and get to know people because they, they tend to come back. This is great. Thank you so much, Blaine. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. 
If you're interested in media coaching for your, your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.